edition of Houston Sports Weekly, our weekly podcast here on KPRC2, 2 Plus, and of course, click to Houston.com. I'm KPRC2 Sports Director Randy McElvoy. What a week it has been and will be here in H-Town. Uh, we've reached the end of the week as this new podcast episode drops. You've got baseball season now underway. You've got uh, the Final Four now ongoing uh, over there at NRG Stadium this weekend with UConn, Miami, Florida Atlantic, San Diego State, the four teams that made it to the Final Four. No U of H, no Texas. Frankly, a little bit of the buzz, as great as this event is on a sports landscape, as great as this is for H-Town to host uh, the Final Four I don't, I'm curious how you're feeling out there with kind of the buzz being gone of this event. It's just not there. There are no blue blood programs in this Final Four. It'd be a little bit different despite not having U of H or Texas in this Final Four, but it would be a little bit different if you had a Duke, a uh, Gonzaga, uh, who we th- who we talking about, some of these other uh, Purdue, some of these other ones that were the number one seeds uh, in the March Madness. Instead, you've got FAU, San Diego State. No knock on those programs. They've made a great run to get here. Uh, but they just don't have the following, of course, the Blue Bloods have uh, when they make it here. So we move on and we'll cover it. We'll have some fun with it and see how it all plays out Monday night when they crown a national champion. Uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, – and we'll get to, to – uh, baseball here a little bit later in the show. Uh, but I want to talk to you about uh, some football, you know, because it is the NFL offseason. We're about to hit the month of April. I'm curious how you're feeling right now with what's happening right now in the National Football League. We've got the combine behind us now. We've got most of the pro days behind us. There may be a few more still out there. But uh, now we're on the official countdown to the NFL draft. And uh, that's coming up April 27th. Uh, so how you feeling right now about the Texans? How you feeling about their draft picks, their changes in the offseason, the moves they've already made so far? Does it give you a little bit more confidence in this D'Amico Ryan's era that's launching? I think so. Uh, since he got hired, you, you've seen some nice moves by D'Amico and general manager Nick Casario. Uh, they're filling some holes. It seems like guys are now perhaps willing to come to H-Town and maybe on shorter deals. They got to kind of prove it with the, uh, you know, payoff coming after a productive season, hopefully. They found a tight, tight end in Schultz from Dallas. They got some help at running back, some defensive help as well. I mean, there's there's pieces starting to fall in place, but – as D'Amico Ryan said, this is a far from a complete product, and you're going to see more moves on the roster. Uh, they're not going to hold back if they're not producing. They're going to make moves, and they're going to keep making changes on this roster. Of course, the draft's coming up. New faces will come in after the draft. When players are released, what's going to happen? There's so many moving parts between now and the month of July. Just 
basically buckle up and uh, put your seatbelt on because I think there's going to be a lot more changes uh, coming your way for the Houston Texans. Now let's talk a little bit about uh, D'Amico Ryans. I had a chance to cover D'Amico, of course, as a player, uh, just a first-class guy from top to bottom, just uh, unbelievable with the media, honest with the media, uh, really led by example on the football field. Uh, players and teammates gravitated towards D'Amico Ryans for a reason. Even when he was really breaking into the NFL, he just had the it factor, the leadership factor. It didn't take long for him to get uh, that leadership quality in place with his veteran teammates here in Houston, and we all know what happened. I mean, he was a fan favorite. He put up really nice numbers, had the injury issue, and then left the organization um, went to what Philadelphia, I believe, and uh, he had a knack and a need and a want to, to get into coaching. Not everybody wants to do that. When you made a lot of money, these athletes they don't have to put in the hours that it takes to become uh, an NFL coach. I mean, once you dive in to become an NFL coach, you better be ready. Be ready to put in countless number of hours, basically a year-round job, very little time off. You got to really love to give back to players. You want to you really love to teach. Uh, you, you want to you know, put yourself through the ranks, start at a low level, work your way up. That's exactly what D'Amico Ryans did when he joined the San Francisco 49ers and he decided, you know what, hey, this game has been good to me. I want to give back to this game now. And um, he was willing to be a quality control coach and then work his way up. He quickly made a name for himself, earned the respect, got promotions, uh, became the defensive coordinator of the San Francisco 49ers. We all know what they did last year. It's no secret. He was ready to become a head coach, and he was a highly sought-after guy. Everybody knows that in the coaching circle. Um, he had opportunities, but as he put it, he wanted to come home to Houston. He wanted to come back to where it all started for him. Uh, Cal and Hannah McNair believed in him. They sold him on the possibilities that will be and can be here in Houston to get this organization back on track. Uh, have they had their downfalls of recent years? No doubt about it. Uh, they had their moments. You got to go back, you know, Bill O'Brien got him to the playoffs. Wasn't necessarily pretty every year. Kubiak got him there a couple of times, but they had some winning seasons and they want to get back to that consistently. And they want that leadership in place and that leadership can come from a guy, no doubt, like D'Amico Ryan. He's surrounded himself with great coaches. Uh, it's not going to be all about D'Amico. It's going to be about the guys around him, too. They're going to all work as one. It's a family unit around NRG Stadium. You can already sense that. The buzz is certainly back. Um, I mean, it's something that just hasn't been over at NRG Stadium, to be honest with you, in a Good number of years, but you feel it when you walk over there. You know it's just a different feeling. You sense it not only from D'Amico when he talks. You're starting to see a little bit of it now from Nick Casario. I think they're really working well together. Uh, you're definitely seeing it from the ownership. Cal and Hannah McNair feel like they can turn the corner with D'Amico Ryans and push the right buttons. It's all about winning. There's no doubt about that. And People criticize the McNairs that they don't want, want to win enough. I don't buy that. They're competitive. He's competitive. Hannah's competitive. Uh, it hasn't gone well. They've made mistakes. They've owned up to those mistakes. 
and now they want to get it right and they want to win and they can have the best people in place, but if you don't win, it doesn't matter, right? They want to get fans back in the seats. They want to get the energy level back in the city for Texans football. They want the buzz back. And this is a step in the right direction, no doubt, with D'Amico Ryans and the recent hires. He's been busy nonstop. Uh, he and GM Nick Casario have rolled up their sleeves and really gotten to work, really sold the product. And now they want to continue to take that step. It begins with a busy NFL draft with 12 picks, number two overall, number 12 in that first round as of now, and many more as they build depth and build through the draft and hopefully some more through free agency as well. Hey, uh, this past week uh, at the NFL owners meetings, the annual event they have, big deal, all the owners go, general managers sometimes go, uh, definitely head coaches go, and they have availability uh, they, they commissioners there, uh, but at the availabilities for the coach is really cool. It's at a breakfast, the NFL breakfast early in the week out in Arizona. By the way, shout out to our Aaron Wilson, clickhouston.com. He was there gathering a lot of interviews, writing a lot of stories for our website. Uh, but this is a chance to get some one-on-one -on -one time with D'Amico Ryans. He met with the uh, media, small local contingent from Houston. A few writers, including Aaron Wilson, was there. Uh, he really got into kind of where things stand with the Texans. He couldn't answer everything, but he definitely answered quite a bit. We're going to listen to some of that interview from Arizona right now. For a, for a quarterback, I think the, the most important attribute I look for is, is that how's his leadership style, right? How are those other 10 guys are looking? Can they look at you in the huddle and know that, man, we can count on this guy to make a play? We believe in you. And then you have to look across the ball, and it's those other 11 guys, those defensive guys. Can they look to that guy? Can they count on him? Right? Is that, is that quarterback a guy who can galvanize a locker room and rally the troops and get guys to believe in him? That's the trait. And it's easier said than done because only so few guys can do that. Right? And it's special guys, and that's a special position where you can find a guy that his teammates can rally behind, teammates believe in him. That's when you know you have a guy. Is there a quality or, or such that you've seen in someone who can do that as a rookie? It's every player is different. Some rookies can do it better than others. Some it takes time to develop, right? It's a it's a unique position and it's not just a cookie cutter, one size fits all. Right. There's many different ways to get that done and I've seen many different styles work. Yeah, it, it is a balancing act. You know, initially you want to bring guys in who, who know exactly how I want how I want things done, how our culture will be set. You want to bring those guys in, but also knowing it doesn't just work that way, right? So to be able to get a guy like Jimmy Ward is very, uh, very vital for our defense. You know, Jimmy is a guy I feel he's played safety in our scheme. He's played nickel, and Jimmy is a veteran guy who's played a lot of football. So with the younger guys that we have, we have a real very young group, young nucleus of, of players who are, are talented. I feel like Jimmy can come in and just help those guys, aside from the football aspect, but also just off the field, just how to be a true pro. That's what Jimmy provides and brings to those guys and excited to get you know, a guy who can do it in the leadership role. He can provide off the field and on the field. Jimmy is still 
playing football at a high level. So to add a, a safety who can make some dynamic plays for us was, was very vital. <laughs> uh, of course, you know, everyone knows Jimmy wants to play safety. But oh, I, in talking to Jimmy last year, I always told him, like, you know, when you play the nickel position and you can play the safety position, it just opens up a lot more avenues for you. And that's what it's done for Jimmy. And, you know, Jimmy is he's been uh, he's been very fun to work with because he jumped into that nickel role and he thrived in the role made probably more plays than he's made playing safety. So Jimmy is, he can play anywhere, but I'm going to play him at safety. <laughs> for, for Bryson, I know it's a lot going on to talk about his size, right? The guy's done it at the highest level in college football, and it doesn't seem to be size hasn't seemed to be a problem. So, you know, I don't see it as a as an issue because I you watch the tape and you put on the tape and you see the kid play, and you see you know how smart he is. You see the anticipation. You see the accuracy. You see you know how this guy is calm in critical moments. So. When you see those things, you know, size isn't one of the factors that pop up on tape. It's like, oh, man, it's a problem. So, you know, again, you just look at the track record, see what he's done in the SEC, highest level college football. He's been successful, and I think he'll be successful in the NFL as well. Right, yeah. The O-line, D-line, as I talked about earlier, those are that's the important piece right, to building a football team. You have to build it from inside out and to add interior defensive linemen, to add you know, really good offensive linemen to our team, that's going to be vital to us moving forward and being successful. That's where it all starts. If we can't play well up front, we're, we're not going to be a good football team. So we want to continue to add up front as much as we can on the defensive and offensive side, add as much depth as we can because, you know, you lose those guys at times. So you have to have enough depth. You have to be able to rotate guys on the defensive side. And you have to have solid guys in the offensive line, you know, that you can count on. And that, you know, we can run the ball behind those guys and they can also protect. I don't think you would have seen this, but um, Lamar just tweeted just now about his stance with the team. It looks like he's requested a trade here. Is that a player that strikes interest? I mean, how do you go about looking at exploring veteran quarterbacks? Uh, we look at you know all options for our team. Yeah. Right? We look at all options for our team, so yeah, you know, that falls into that, that category as well. D'Amico, <laughs> if you were to look last year, you talk about intangibles for quarterbacks. If you look at last year in Brock Purdy, can you tell me from the time he first came in in minicamp, what did you see in him, and how did that develop during the year? I know there were a lot of guys on your team who saw that sort of development as a person, not just as a player. Right. Uh, from the from the player, all right, you just see him well, coming into the spring. You really don't know who he is. Is Mister Irrelevant last pick? And guy, you aren't expecting much, right? And you continue to see. This guy just makes some throws and practice. You're like, whoa. And it's just it's eye-opening. Then we continue to go through training camp. 
we go through the season, and with him being our scout team quarterback, you know, he's fitting some balls in, and he's making some very difficult throws, making some nice, some nice plays, you know, moving throughout the pocket, scrambling, still creating on the move. And when you see our defenders, you know, Fred Warner, I just he's like, oh man, like I'm telling you, this Brock Purdy, he's he's legit. Like he has that that kind of it factor that I was talking about earlier when the defenders, they see it and they notice it and they want to get behind the guy. And that's what Brock had, right? He had that it factor where he had that playmaking ability to where it it galvanized the defense. Like they were behind him and they knew he had something special to him. And everybody believed in him because they you can see the type of plays that he was making. All right, good stuff from D'Amico Ryans out in Arizona. And uh, hey, you know what? More to come from the Texans head coach. Uh, he's going to be behind the scenes, though, as they continue to evaluate talent and get ready uh, for the NFL draft uh, as well. Coming up, it all begins on April 27th. All right, uh, we're going to take a break here on Houston Sports Weekly. When we come back, more on the latest on all the sports happenings here in H-Town. I'm sure we'll talk a little baseball as well. Hi, everybody. We are back on Houston Sports Weekly. Man, we have a lot to get to. That was uh, plenty there uh, from the Texans and the time in Arizona from head coach D'Amico Ryans at the NFL owner meetings in segment one. Um, right now, we're going to segue a little bit, if we will, to now uh, some Astros talk. It was opening day on Thursday there at Minute Maid Park and all the buildup coming off the championship. Hey, finally time to play the games that, that really count. Minute Maid Park was rocking on Thursday, sellout crowd, and it's going to be that way all weekend long with the Chicago White Sox in town. We had a great matchup on Thursday. Uh, Framber Valdez, five scoreless innings, struck out four. Dylan Cease, the ace for the Chicago White Sox, just lights out. This is what we expected coming in. Uh, Cease with that nasty slider. Uh, Framber Valdez has the sinker, the cutter. He kind of does it all. Uh, and he threw shutout baseball as well. Turned out to be a victory for the White Sox, 3-2, to two, as you know, uh, to get this season underway. But no panic because of what it, it's just one of 162. There's time to regroup, and the team will certainly do that and be ready uh, as they get after it on Friday in game number two of that series. It's a weekend set before the uh, Detroit Tigers come to town at Minute Maid Park early in this season, and it coincides with what's a, just a crazy Sports weekend, right, here in Houston. We got baseball season opening. You got the Final Four going on over at NRG Stadium. Uh, the teams will be on the floor. If you're listening or watching this uh, on Friday, today, when it dropped, uh, all four teams will be working out at NRG Stadium starting at like 10 a.m. and they go through the late or mid-afternoon, I should say. It'll be uh, Florida Atlantic, the Cinderella story of this tournament, I think a lot of people are pulling for the Owls out of Conference USA. Uh, they're going to go first, followed by San Diego State. Uh, they've got Jaden Ledee from uh, Houston area, played his high school ball at uh, Kincaid High School. He's a role player for San Diego State as well. So a lot going on over at NRG Stadium. And uh, the team's practice semifinals are on Saturday. And uh, a lot of activity going on at the George R. Brown Convention Center as well with uh, the Fan Fest and everything you want uh, to do with the Final Four. 
Uh, let's talk some Astros now as uh, get back to it because a lot of folks talked at Minute Maid Park on Thursday, including General Manager uh, Dana Brown, and he uh, covered a lot of topics when he uh, met with the media there for about 15 minutes. Here's a little bit now uh, from Dana Brown, and I want to preface this by saying this guy's been working hard behind the scenes uh, since he took this job. And Dana Brown is really fitting in nicely coming over from the Atlanta Braves. Uh, Brown, along with Dusty Baker, making some tough roster decisions, which they did earlier this week when they took on the Sugarland Space Cowboys Monday and Tuesday. Ahead of Tuesday's game is when they made some uh, roster moves, optioning a couple of surprise names. Corey Lee, J.J. Matajevic, two that stand out. Many thought they would make this Astros team didn't happen. They're starting off AAA Sugarland. They got sent down, but some guys uh, getting their opportunity in the big leagues, like Cesar Salazar uh, making his debut, Corey Jolks, the kid out of Friendswood High School, Friendswood and Clearbrook High School, I should say, coming off a big year with the Space Cowboys and at spring camp. Let's listen in now to a little bit of the conversation with the general manager, Dana Brown. Right now, we're very optimistic that, you know, uh, he could be back. Uh, I think he's a fast healer. Um, he's got the, the soft cast on. Uh, so, you know, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that he, he's going to heal fast. Yeah, because uh, we, we felt like we had some depth at first base, you know, with, uh, you know, Hensley being able to play first. Also, um, uh, Diaz can play first. Uh, we had depth in the outfield, so there was pretty much uh, there was no room left at that point. And then uh, we felt like Jolts had a very good spring, and he's going to add some right-handed power to the lineup. And so, you know, we decided to go in that direction. Yeah, Dearden is. Uh, I think he actually has a chance to be a big-time power bat with uh, can play three positions. He can really run. Uh, we were excited about him, and uh, I talked to the group. And, I, and, and a lot of these guys, I told them, they almost made the club, and it, it came down to the wire. I mean, we were really evaluating these guys, and we're looking for good things out of Dearden. Taylor's off the mound. He's actually thrown in games, so we're optimistic about that. He'll get a few uh, games in in AAA. Um, Mashinsky, he's just getting off the mound, um, so it's going to take him a little bit more time. And um, McCullers is flat ground right now, so that's, that's going to take some time. The good thing about McCullers is he's pain-free, uh, you know, so it's not a ligament or anything like that, so we're optimistic. Yeah, so Brantley, uh, it's probably going to be at least, uh, let's say, three weeks. Um, we got to get him in some games down in Florida. Then he'll come here in AAA. He'll get some games in AAA. Uh, and when he's pain-free, uh, we'll get him back up here as soon as we could. No, not not pain. Every now and then, um, you know, he'll take some swings and he'll get a little, he'll get a little fatigue. So it's more fatigue than it is pain, discomfort. Um, but he's he's coming along fine. Well, I mean, I, I just think he has the restriction right now, so I don't think there's much movement at all. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, uh, you know, we'll just keep continue to check in on him. But um, I, I think he's going to be fine. Uh, starters now, I don't think there's going to be any other starters. I mean, most of those guys have been pitching deep into the postseason already. So, you know, um, Valdez is good. Javier is good. Uh, Garcia, he's good. Urquidy, 
he's good. Now, so at the end of the day, I think that the starters, you know, they're, they're all going to be good. And we just have to take our time a little bit with Brown and maybe Blanco if he gets added into the rotation. So, you know, in terms of starter depth, we're good. We're good depth in the outfield. We feel like that's, you know, our depth there is good. Uh, we could probably use a little bit more depth at um, second base with Altuve going down. I think right now we only have uh, Hensley and also Dubon. So, um, but overall, I think the depth of the club is really good. The bullpen depth is outstanding. And, um, you know, I think we're in a good position right now. Uh, well, we have them pretty much up to 75, all the starters, so 75 plus. So I think that, um, you know, other than Brown, you know, who we'll, you know, monitor closely, um, I think we're, we're, we're in good shape. All right, Dana Brown meeting with the media on Thursday at Minute Maid Park. Uh, very approachable. Ari Alexander and myself got a chance to talk with him as well uh, before the ball game for a few minutes. Hopefully you'll get, see that on clicktohouston.com. But uh, he's going to watch things closely, and he will add pitching if necessary. Uh, right now they've got Jose Altuve out, McCullers out, Brantley out. Hopefully get those guys back soon. But anyway, good stuff. Baseball season's underway. We've got... Uh, good stuff as well from uh, NRG Stadium in the Final Four. So get ready for it. Here we go. A long season for the Astros just beginning. Uh, the run, hopefully, back to the World Series begins uh, with the homestand here at Minute Maid Park. Thanks for listening and watching another edition of Houston Sports Weekly. We'll do it each and every week here on ClickToHouston.com and KPRC2+. I'm KPRC2 Sports Director Randy McAvoy. So long for now. Have a great weekend.